What does healthy masculinity have to do with recovery? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with real recovery. What does healthy masculinity have to do with recovery? Brandon, we love this topic. This is going to be a good one today. We've got a good guest on. I'm going to read our review for the, the day. We've actually got a couple of really good reviews that have come in over the last couple of weeks. We must have hit some nerves with whatever we're talking about. Uh, so this one comes from APY10. It says, thanks for helping break the shame cycle. It says, thank you, Brandon and Tyler. I started my recovery a couple of years ago and find more and more joy in my recovery as I seek to overcome my shame. You guys have been a huge part for me overcoming that shame. You guys gave me the courage to be completely public about my recovery. It has truly changed my life and combated the shame. People have reached out with love and some have reached out for help. I frequently share your episodes on social media and the things that I'm learning from you guys. My greatest takeaway from your podcast is how to break the shame cycle with myself and for my kids. I've learned that the best way our kids can learn and know God's unconditional love is by showing them our unconditional love. Their value is not based on righteousness or obedience to our rules and God's commandments. As we love them with their imperfections, then they will better understand God's love for them and learn to obey him out of love rather than fear. A home filled with rigidity and control does not breed obedience out of love, but will likely breed disobedience within secrecy due to shame. Thanks for all you guys do to break this shame cycle. I love your podcast. Keep them coming. Holy cow. That, that review had great content in it. <laughs> no kidding. There's a whole episode in that. That right there is a warrior for truth. Someone with courage. <laughs> love it. I love that, man. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for, uh, for letting us know that we're making a difference. We do appreciate that feedback. And we're always looking to make ourselves better. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. I love to hear the shift that, that's happening and, and the permission to uh, let go of the shame, come out of the hiding, just be more free and in the light. So, and, and really, that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. So we got an awesome guest on. Um, Tyler knows him very well, and, and I know him as well. But, but John, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having, thanks for having me on. Um, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Just tell us a little bit about what what's going on in your life and who you are and and uh, and why you're here. Um, okay, so I'm John. Uh, I'm I'm probably just a really busy person lately. I I, I started into a recovery journey uh, about nine years ago, and it's an ongoing thing, and I think it will always be an ongoing thing. Uh, but I'm committed enough to it that I. Went back to school working on a grad degree uh, to be a counselor myself someday. Um, but I've really appreciated the help I've had uh, along this journey. And a lot of that has been with Tyler and with some a lot of group work mm -hmm. uh, with Tyler. I know, John, when I met you, I met you at, at, at one of our retreats. I think that was the first time I met you. And yeah. you were in the early stages of, of hey, I'm going to go back to school like recovery was really becoming 
kind of this uh, mission and this part of life purpose for you, I think. And, uh, and I was like, awesome, John, like, that's, that's good. I'm glad you're going to do it. And then here we are years later and talk about follow through, right? You're on your, you're, you're well on your way. Yeah. And I think probably when we met, um, it was a budding idea that I didn't really have a lot of confidence in. And, uh, yeah, that I have, uh, overcome, well, I, I don't know, maybe overcomes a little strong word, but I really had to work on some anxiety that I have, uh, about myself and about, um, my abilities and, uh, whether I'm willing, uh, to push and, and actually, cause it's quite a career shift for me. Uh, but now we are quite a ways down the path and I've started, um, into an internship program and actually doing a little bit of counseling now and I've learned a lot along the way. Yeah. So John, you, uh, you, you came on with a really good question that I think would be a good one to just pose the way you posed it to us. And let's get into a discussion about that a little bit. And then we'll talk a little bit about, um, about this idea of masculinity that, uh, that was kind of the beginning of the question. Right. So the question is, and, and I think it's an important one, but what is, what is finding my masculinity or understanding healthy masculinity? What does that have to do with recovery? And why is it important to recovery? Um, it is recovery. I mean, uh, done, right? Like, if you really understand masculinity, if you find your masculinity, um, then it, you're finding... The, the, if you think about recovery, so many people get recovery wrong. They think of recovery first and foremost as sobriety. Like I'm touching my penis too much. I need to stop masturbating, stop looking at porn. And if I do that, then that's recovery. Like that's, that, hasn't, that, that has not that much to do with recovery, believe it or not. All, that, all of that behavior is the outcomes of, of the issue. Um, the issue is a, you're recovering an understanding of who you really are. And when you do that and you figure out I'm a son of God, um, I'm, I'm, I'm noble, I'm, I'm of noble lineage, I'm a son of God, and as a man, I trust myself, I know myself, I have confidence, then you naturally step into your, your masculinity. So I know I'm just jumping off the deep end here. I get it. Right. Um, but it's such a good question, John. But I, I think to go from point A to, to kind of what I'm talking about is is kind of tricky and it's not so clear cut, right? Yeah, John, can I ask you <clears throat> ask you a question just to kind of get some more information here is that you've been, you said you've been in this process for nine years now of recovery, which yeah. is an incredible process. And it sounds like you've grown in some confidence in things, but I'd like to know from you, like if you were to take snapshots of how you would define, even define masculinity before you started your program, before you started your recovery and to now, what did it look like then versus now? How has it changed? That's a good question. Uh, I think that I, I think that I would say at the time, say if you really went back and took a snapshot that nine years ago, I think I would have said prior to the D-Day, the discovery, I would have said I, that I thought I knew what masculinity was. Uh, I, I'm a dad. 
and uh, trying to lead my family and um, active in my religion and and all those things are part of my masculinity. But probably in reality, um, there were some big holes and some gaps. Um, I was looking at it now, I can see I was really very unsure of myself. And so I acted a lot of times out of fear. I, I would uh, I, I would be too aggressive at home and in conversations and in my relationship with my wife. And a lot of that stemmed from not being very sure of myself and who I am. Fast forward to now, another snapshot, and I'm hearing Brandon say these these descriptors of what it's like to understand your masculinity. And I, I know I'm not there yet. Not that I haven't made a lot of headway, but I know that there's still for, more for me to, to know and to feel confidence in myself and in who I am and, um, and in my relationship with other men and my relationship in my family and acting, I wouldn't even say 100% because I know you're not gonna do that, but acting, trying to act, striving to act all the time uh, coming from a place of, of of secure masculinity, where I, uh, where being a man uh, means being a provider and being a protector, and uh, but also uh, showing love and and cherishing my wife and that relationship, and and um, having an acceptance for others around me. Mm -hmm. You said something, John, that in just telling us a little bit about your journey into into where you're at today that really is interesting to me is when you're talking about being a, a therapist and shifting careers and stepping into that, you said, I've had to kind of face some anxiety. Um, and I, I'm just wondering, you know, nine years ago, kind of being unsure of, of who you are and, and just coming out of, of addiction and, you know, to, to sitting in that anxiety, how'd you do that? Uh, well, that wasn't an easy process, um, and it did take some time. Uh, I started to explore the idea of maybe shifting careers. Uh, uh, taking a step back further, I, I did a bachelor's degree back in the 90s that was in family and human development, and I think that my idea at the time was to be a family therapist. Hmm. Um, but I. So it's always kind of been in you a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's, it's been calling to you. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, Sometimes we take a path that's just easy or uh, we don't put a lot of effort into, I'm just speaking of me, but I'm sure it's true of a lot of people, that we just go down the road that is just before us rather than making a conscious decision to, this is what I'm going to go into or go for, or what effort I'm going to be willing uh, to put in. And I think probably that word willing is a lot of the key to it that I had to, to gain a, a willingness to, uh, I don't know, accept this call or to uh, put in the effort that that was going to take. But, but it, uh, you, you're talking about it. It's like, okay, like I, I want to say good job, John, but the, the reality is, is so many men, um, have this call inside of them. They have this purpose. They, but, but they do what you're talking about. They, they do what's easy or they hide, they hide behind shame. They hide behind excuses. They, they don't want to face, face the fear, actually feel that discomfort and have the courage to step into uh, who they really are. And, and I think it's just awesome that here you are today moving along this path. And I'm sure there's been a lot of steps into the dark, like not knowing exactly how all this is going to play out. Um, there's probably been, 
some real kind of fears of your how adequate am I? How how like can I do this? Um, how do you how do you just keep keep kind of pushing into that? Uh, one of the things that's coming up in my mind when you're talking about that is something that Tyler's talked about about playing small, um, which basically is not showing up with the strength that you really have, and and kind of taking the easy way out. And when I heard that wasn't actually something it was in group work i'm trying to remember when i first heard it but it wasn't actually directed at me but tyler kind of called somebody out on playing small and and not uh not doing their best and i probably have heard it myself too directed at me but it kind of offends me a little bit it makes me uh look 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 inwardly and go am i really doing the best that i can do or am i even trying to do this best that i can do and and then there's that question of what is your best. Do you feel like no matter how much therapy you do, things really aren't getting better? As a man, do you feel stuck? Do you lack purpose? Are you unable to create safety and passion and intimacy in your relationships? Are you lacking connection to God? If you're relating to any of these things, then you need to come to our Rising Sun Conference. Tyler and I have developed a process and an experience for men to shift into their power, to know who they truly are, to experience their purpose, and learn how to connect to God. So go to risingsunconference.com. Now that's rising sun as in S-O-N, conference.com, and sign up there as soon as you can because space is limited. We'll see you there. I attended a men's retreat with Brandon, Chase, and Tyler a couple of years ago. Uh, the setting was pretty phenomenal, and it felt like the environment that they chose set us up for success from the start. I knew a few of the guys from another event I had attended, but most of the participants were new to me. And I remember thinking at the beginning uh, how such a diverse group of guys was going to mesh throughout the retreat. There were a couple of really important takeaways that have stayed with me since the retreat. First, I was reminded that what we see on the outside is rarely what we see on the inside. As we spent time with one another, as we worked at dropping the facade that we all tend to put up, especially in new groups of people, it was like we were getting to know an entirely different group of people than we'd met on our first night. And all of the retreat leaders were able to help us quickly develop a trust amongst one another that helped us feel like we could be vulnerable. I loved hearing about the things that the rest of the participants were working on in their lives. And I found that many of them were the same things that I wanted to work on in my life. I think by far the best part of the experience was the relationships I was able to build with some of the other participants. There were times throughout the retreat where we were given free time to recreate or socialize with the others. And I can remember one experience where I was paired up with another participant. We headed out to do some fishing and he and I just spent the entire afternoon probably about three hours we didn't get a bite and uh, it was one of the most enjoyable afternoons uh, I've ever spent because of the work that we were doing as a group uh, our walls were both down and we uh, the conversation that we had felt like it was between two old friends rather than a couple of guys who had just gotten to know each other for a few days. If you're thinking about improving yourself or wanting to deepen your relationship with God and with others, or if you want to surround yourself with great guys who are living authentic lives and will encourage you to do the same, I would highly suggest one of these retreats. Or am I even trying to do this best that I can do? And and then there's that question of what is your best? And right now, when I see people and they're struggling for sobriety and people I'm working with, I, I think 
maybe this right now is the best they can do right now because that's what they're doing. And I can accept that. And at the same time, I can expect them to man up a little and um, and push a little harder and really do better than they're doing. And I don't think it's something that happens overnight. For me, it took me, I'm thinking it was more than a year to go from this blossoming idea of, hey, I'm going to go back to school to actually getting into a program and starting that clock ticking down to the first day of classes. Don, I love what you said there about playing small. And I think there's probably a lot of guys listening right now that can relate to that, not even knowing what you did, they just heard, but the idea of playing small is where I disappear from what Brandon was talking about, my purpose, my passion, the things that mean something to me, because if I were to step into those places, I'd feel vulnerable or I'd be afraid of what people would think of me or I better play it safe. And the truth is, is that playing it safe that way, if we're going back to your question, playing it safe that way is what kills your soul. And when you kill your soul, you're left in a cubicle looking around, wondering where you're going to find life. And guess where life starts to appear? It's in your addiction. It's, oh, I'm going to go get a little bit of a rush here. I'm going to get 10 minutes or five minutes away from my desk there. I'm going to I'm going to go and avoid all the pain that I have at home because I don't know how to go home and step into being the kind of husband, father I want to be. And so I end up in my addiction as a way of trying to cope with the, the, the holes that you were talking about, which are those voids inside of us that say, this is who I am. And that, that's calling to us all the time, regardless of whether we want to acknowledge it or not. But, but Tyler, I, I do want to tack on to what you're saying. The, the trap is set um, really early in, in, in almost before we even know it sometimes where, um, we have traumas, we have father wounds, we have things that happen that we don't even realize are father wounds. And Eldridge talks about the question that every man has, which is, do I have what it takes? And it's interesting if you have these traps set early and these traumas that say, you're not lovable, you're not worth spending time with. Um, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to abuse you because I don't love you, whatever, whatever it is. Right. And then that question arises to every man, do I have what it takes? And you automatically know your answer that I don't like, I'm, I have these wounds that have already answered those questions. You then grow up to be an adult and you want to go live your purpose. Well, what do you know? Your purpose is going to take stepping into something. It's going to take some courage. It's going to take some confidence. It's going to take some security. And those wounds will speak to you. And those identities will come out and they'll say, no, 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 no. You already know that you don't have what it takes here or there. So, so don't like, don't step in. And uh, John, as you're talking, I love what you're saying. It sounds like a nine year process. The wounds got the best of you. Sounds like the addiction was kind of there. Like, you know, taking care of your needs and, and, and causing problems at the same time. But here you are saying, no, like I am not going to believe what I, what I thought about my identity nine years ago and I'm shifting. And as I shift, I step into this anxiety, this fear, I'm sure you're discovering new things about yourself and gaining more confidence. Is that, I don't want to speak for you, John, but. I want to fill in some of that there. Cause um, insecurity is still there. I mean, even right now, just sitting here talking and being vulnerable, my heart's racing, I'm feeling it, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to put a 
but uh, in my mind, what what's driving that? And you know, the feel, the fear, and the insecurity, and the questions, they're still there. I, I I don't know where you guys are at, but for me, that's still an everyday battle. Some days I pay more attention to it, to it than others, but I'm, it's still a. a I, I just assume maybe at this point that it's going to be something I just have to keep working on for a long time. Um, I still am asking my, myself the questions: Have I really got it? Uh, I get done with working with somebody for this for a session, and I'm like, uh, "Was that worth their time to be with me? Was that uh, helpful?" I, I I feel just a real strong, and I think a lot of guys feel this. They start to get some sobriety. They start to get some uh, healing, and they start to feel just a little bit good about themselves. And they're like, "I want to I want to share this feeling with other people. This is important, and this is big." But how can I? And I think it's part of that continued growth. It's probably the more important part than finding sobriety is to finding that outreach and that. Uh, and what? And not everybody needs to become a therapist, of course. But and I've seen other guys do it different ways. But finding that way to reach out and step into that um, manhood. I want to bring up um, another idea in this and maybe kick this around a little bit. Um, I'm thinking back to that time before D-Day, before this journey, this part, this chapter or a part of my life. Uh, I don't know that I really had a lot of close friends. I would say probably didn't have a lot of close friends at all, but I certainly didn't have a lot of close friends that were guys. Um, I just didn't have a connection to other men. My, my ideas of masculinity and what it is to be a man um, a lot of it was with my father and I had one brother that I grew up with and and there's gaps there. But in this journey and doing some group work, I got to know other men and got to see them in their flawed ways and in their, but still respect them and see that, hey, these guys have value even if they don't know it, but to me they do. And then it starts to build and, and grow and, and you get more of it. But the idea comes back to you saying, maybe I'm that guy. Maybe I have value among my peers, among other men. And, and that works at it. But that voice is really loud still. And uh, even to me today saying, are you sure? Are you just faking this? John, I like what you said there, because what you're saying is, is that you are continuing work in progress. And let's, let's be honest, courage, which I believe is something that all of us, if we look at like the masculine heart, we're all drawn to that word courage. Courage doesn't really exist without some level of vulnerability or fear, right? You, you wouldn't need to be courageous if there wasn't some risk involved. So for you to be in the space you're at now versus where you were at nine years ago, you're still on the precipice, pushing the edges of where your comfort zone is. And you're stepping into that discomfort every day. But that's the key here is, is that you're stepping into it. And, and that's what's missing, I think, for a lot of, a lot of men when they kind of get stuck is they, they don't have the courage to step into it. And that ties into the second point you made, which was that when you have and I think there's, I think there's kind of a false sense of, I think this is part of toxic masculinity is, is that you're supposed to be the lone man. Like, you know, we're, so, we're all supposed to be the, the lone rider on our horse in the Western movie. And instead, when you have a team, when you got a team of other men who are flawed men, but, but stepping into courage, it provides structure and strength and it gives you permission 
to actually step in yourself to those same places you, you see and expect your brothers to be stepping into as well. And that helps with the act of courage. I uh, just, I got to drive home the, what both of you are saying. Two major ingredients from going from this floundering place of, of insecurity to this, this really secure place of healthy masculinity is stepping um, into fear and practicing courage and getting connection from other men. And I, um, Eldridge says masculinity bestows masculinity. I, uh, I have a boys trip planned this weekend and that's right. Tyler's going on it and I can't wait. I can't wait to just chill with my boys. Just be, just be there, just connect. Like what I, I know that as a man, we are designed to pack up and connect with other men. It's, it's, it's part of who we are. And, um, but the thing about it is if you don't love yourself, if you don't really, if, if you don't trust yourself, you're not going to be vulnerable enough to really experience that connection. And then the masculinity won't bestow the masculinity. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. We're not talking about get together with the boys and like, you know, just be raunchy and, and, you know, tough and this, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about masculinity, we're talking about get together with the boys and support each other in just in in knowing who we are and trusting ourselves and and being john i'm different than you tyler i'm different than you and i don't need to get together with my boys who love me who want me to be me and and try to turn into them i'm just going to feel loved and secure and supported by them no matter who i am or what i've done right exactly and i'm brandon i'm looking forward to that too man like yeah. it's, it's, and I know the reason I'm craving it so much is because I know that when we get together and when we're face to face, we're going to actually let even our own walls come down a little bit. And there's going to be some deep discussions and there's going to be some real conversation about the real issues that all of us are facing in our lives. And, and there is something that's extremely valuable to that, that I don't think a lot of men in our world have today because we've been fed this line that it's weakness to show any of that. Yeah. And there's also this healthy like banter and I, I know I'm going to get made fun of, you know, and, and when, when Tyler or Rex, my two brothers make fun of me, it's just like, they're just saying they love me. I just love it. Oh, Brandon, let me, let me tell a story about last, last year's boys trip. All right. I was last year's boys trip was the same trip. We went down to Texas, hang out with cousins and stuff. And for some reason on the very first day of the trip, it was my turn to take the heat. And for like three, for like three hours in the car, I just got basically verbally undressed by all of you guys about, <laughs> about all the things that I need to change in my life. And, and you know what, the funniest thing is, is that if it was told me, told me by anybody else, I would have taken total offense. But when you guys were saying it, it was like, it actually just hit home for the truth of what I already knew. And I took it to God and, and my answer came back that, yeah, I need to, I need to try to make some changes right. and uh man how precious was that that yeah it was done in a joking way but it was also done at real things and it made a difference right yeah uh, john i want to ask you um you've talked you brought up groups uh, going to groups uh so you've you've experienced some connection with with other men um 
what what have been some of the struggles with that and what what has it been like like in terms of its importance for you um so i went through i went through a process where we we did a foundational type group a lot like the model that we're doing now um at love strong uh and then and that was with your wives and the husbands and wives were together and it was it was really a lot of information all at once for about six weeks and then uh, even during that, we would start to separate out into groups with just the men meeting together. And my experience was I was in with a very strange group of men. First of <laughs> all, I knew they were all addicts, and that just made them weird to start with. <laughs> and though that was me, and I was one of those. I just was like, oh, my gosh. And and I was in a group of just, I was just in a constant judgment mode looking around. and go, well, at least I'm not that guy. And at least I might have the problems that that guy has or I was trying to 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 measure myself kind of up against these other guys and I really had an, a fear that I might not measure up because that's like the base fear right uh, am, am I good enough and so I was looking around this group of maybe seven guys and going yeah yeah they're all these are all addicts these are all you know I didn't find really any connection early on and then we were asked to like reach out and make connection with one another. And I just couldn't see that as a possibility. You know, I just, uh, that would just be, I don't know why I felt so awkward to, to have any conversation like that. But the idea was, you know, if you had a hard time uh, and you were, you know, if you acted out or you needed to be instantly or quickly uh, accountable for that, to, to reach out to one of these quote unquote brothers. And I put that in quotes because I didn't feel like they were my brothers at all. Um, and and I did have an incident where I needed to reach out to somebody. And so I actually called Tyler and uh, I'm not sure uh, why he picked up right away, but he did because I know um, you can't answer the phone to everybody all the time when you're a counselor. Uh, and I really needed to be reaching out to other guys. And But I called him and I was really in a state. And, 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 I, and he says, you know, you need to reach out to one of your, one of your guys do you have some phone numbers? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Cause we all wrote them down. And then he says, well, call one. And if they don't answer, call another one until you get an answer. And uh, so I called the least offensive of this group guys and they didn't answer. And then so I dialed another one and on a third call. Finally, a guy answered and I didn't actually feel any connection to him. Um, I, I really wasn't feeling a lot of connection to anybody. But he was there for me. Uh, he said, okay, so what happened? And what are you going to do with that? And we talked. And I probably was like five minutes. But that was like the first connection. And it wasn't like a floodgate opening. It just let the first trickle out. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll tell you, uh, fast forward, there's a guy in that group that I felt I had nothing in common with. And this is like eight years ago. And to this day now, he and I are best friends. And we've become, you know, we really rely on each other and we don't speak every day like we used to. We don't even get in touch every other week, but once in a while we'll break out and go play some racquetball together or something. And, and we'll talk about stuff that really matters. You know, we have that connection and we can talk about how it's hard dealing with a family situation that's going on. And um, in a way, his family's kind of parallel to mine. His kids are a little bit younger, but we're nearly the same age and we've found that connection. But this process has changed it, you know, but it, it, it doesn't seem, at least for me, it didn't seem to come naturally. It was really difficult 
to to and I I'm not sure why it's probably has something to do with having to be let somebody else see my weaknesses in order to make that connection and I and I in my mind I understand that vulnerability creates connection but it's really counterintuitive or at least it was to me counterintuitive is the right word it does not come naturally to to go out and and open up and show people your weaknesses right and i love that you're bringing that up john and and because because in opening that up that's where you've now created the these connections and this brotherhood that you have um but that's the conundrum that i that so many men are in is i they're desperate for connection they're desperate for feeling masculinity but the last thing they want to do is 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 go be vulnerable and and so it it really creates this space of like i'll just stay isolated and i'll have my addiction soothe me and take care of me or whatever um and that's where things like group therapy um retreats where you connect to other men and really have not just talk about your problems but have experiences of brotherhood and acceptance and love um in your vulnerability create massive shifts for for you and and i love how you're talking about it john because you can hear it and uh you know you, you might connect with him every other week but we know what you're talking about you have that brotherhood where it's like hey we love each other we're there for each other um and uh we support each other so john I, i've got a got a question for you and i'm kind of brandon just kind of like set this one up for me but you know that we have an upcoming men's conference happening on september 23rd through the 25th in bear lake utah and i know that you've been to actually a couple of our retreats but i would like for you to maybe just speak to the men's retreat specifically for any of the listeners that are listening right now and after having heard what they've you've just said about connection and vulnerability and courage could you just speak a little bit to your own experience with the retreat that you attended and any key principles or takeaways that were impactful for you as part of your journey sure yeah uh, it has been a while ago but um when th when that opportunity came up i was pretty pretty excited about it and pretty intent on going and doing that and then uh when it came excuse me when it came down to it i think my uh my shame kind of stepped in and was like what what are you doing you know what do you think you're going to this isn't going to solve anything and it was even worse maybe right when i got there and i i don't know what i was expecting but i kind of thought that i'd look around and see people i knew and and there was a couple but there were a lot of people i didn't know and then here i was right back in that place of um i wonder who these guys are you know, and I wonder what these guys are going to think of me and what have I gotten into in, uh, in this situation, but it wasn't very long. Um, and it started to just become comfortable again, but we, we did some things, uh, as a group and we paired off and did some activities and, um, and some of the stuff was, uh, physically challenging. Some of the stuff was, you know, put you in a vulnerable place to think about where you've been in your journey and recovery and and so you're putting in a difficult in a dip put in a difficult space emotionally uh to share this with new people and 
it's interesting just how quickly um, you get a few guys together that are intent on the same goal and have similar backgrounds, which I think probably you could take any group of men and inside of 48 hours, you probably could see this form, not just from experience I know, but especially when everybody's there with the intent to uh, to find something, to grow something, uh, and just to step in, you know. And the activities, uh, some of them seemed um, maybe a little more corny, and then some of them seemed a little just uh, trying to find the purpose. The ones, in the, the ones Tyler ran were the corny ones. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting. I remember just like a, we had like a, just a an obstacle course where you're trying to get from one place to another. It was kind of like the hot lava game where you can't touch but you had islands that you had to get from one to the other but you had to get the whole group there and to watch the process of each person in the group needing to take on a role that is their role because we do we each uh we each find things where hey i can be useful because i am whatever and one of the guys was just their role was just to be encouraging to the rest of us trying to figure this out and natural leaders uh emerge in the group and and then there's this sense of uh helping one another uh, to accomplish the goal. And even though it was kind of a simple, uh, could have been like a backyard game, you'd play with scouts or something. We came out of it with meaning and with connection to one another. These are guys that just met. Some of us hadn't met before. And uh, I still bump into some of those guys, even though they're not in my regular circles. And uh, I still feel, feel some connection to them. And I remember another activity we had where we were, we were, um, kind of, it seemed like paired off or maybe a group of three with some goals in mind. And just that uh, feeling of, hey, I'm not on my own, but I got a couple of guys here with me and we've got to get from point A to point B and accomplish these goals. And uh, just that pride of uh, maybe getting at the competition. I think guys really like competition. I know I do. And uh like my racquetball friend, he doesn't want to keep score to him. That's not the purpose. But I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm still beating you, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> to me that's, but it's part of that bonding, you know, to wrestle, wrestle one, one another. And, and, uh, and then still it's not, it doesn't pull you apart. It actually pulls you together in that friendly competition. So it, it was a powerful couple of days. Um, it, it was fast in that how, quickly those bonds form and it kind of just answers that question hey am i enough yeah for these guys i came out and i stood up and i was enough and even just in a small way so i i think it helped to to answer those questions in your mind and and step into your vulnerability a little bit the the uh the the intent behind those type of things like a retreat is experience is to create a shift because you experience something new rather than just sitting in a therapy office talking about your problems actually to feel something um tyler can i ask you a few questions about the retreat you bet um uh first off when is the retreat rising sun conference is september 23rd through 25th in bear lake utah yeah starts at uh, noon on on the 23rd right thursday the 23rd that's right um is uh food and lodging provided this is this is maybe the best deal we've ever had on one of our retreats because we've had some generous people help us 
So your housing is taken care of, your food is taken care of. By the time you pay the ticket price, you're going to be basically getting free experience from Brandon and I. Um, what is this uh, Christian thing? This is 100% for Christian men working recovery from sex addiction. That's what it's targeting. And it's targeted at exactly what John's question was today, which was connecting the masculine heart to your recovery, actually going deep into those places in your, inside yourself and finding some of the answers to those questions that we all have as men. And it's there, as you said, Brennan, as an experience. Yeah. So, and Jesus Christ will be a part of that experience. Uh, 100%. Um, okay. So where and how do you sign up? Okay. For anyone who's interested, we have a few slots left. It's risingsunconference.com and it's risingsunconference.com. And it's really easy, right? Once you get there, you, once you get there, you steps, scroll down, sign up. It's a thousand dollars right now. There's a discount code for anyone who's currently in treatment with you or I, Brandon, uh, either way, it's a phenomenal deal. Yeah. Um, is, is okay. Maybe a couple more questions is space limited. Yes. We've capped it off at 30 men. Yes. And, and once we hit that 30, it's done. So yep. we're full at 30. So I would say if, if you're interested, get on it now. Um, this is the first time we've really promoted it on the podcast, so it will fill up. So hurry and, and reserve your spot as soon as you can. Great. John, I, um, I, I appreciate you being willing to come on. I know that even today was probably a step of courage for you with where you're at in your own pathway. Um, for, those, for those who are listening, and wondering, maybe they're back to your spot nine years ago where they maybe haven't even been found out yet, or they've just barely had disclosure day. What, what would you say to them have been some of the most important principles that you've been able to learn, that you've been able to apply to your life that might help somebody else see that there's a pathway through this? Uh, I, I think probably, uh, and I've been asked this question before, and my go-to answer is probably the connection is key. Um, and I, and I know that that's still in my mind, uh, a big part of it, forming those relationships and, um, that's just going to allow you to have some borrowed strength. Maybe that's, that's outside that you don't feel, but that you can gain when you have those relationships. Um, I also think it's important to just, just kind of jump in, um, Take whatever step it is that you can take and and then give yourself permission to push a little bit and to uh, maybe put the effort in that's above and beyond what you thought you could. We find out most people can do more than they thought they could. I find that out in myself. It's still part of what I have to use. I have to draw on that idea. I'm not feeling the strength right now, but I know that I have it. And so go ahead and push for it. Um, I think that probably one of the things I'm thinking is really important right now um, is just that compassion for yourself, that ability to love yourself, to, to have that compassion. Probably one of the most key things to me in this was to be able to look back at the child I was and feel some compassion for that little guy uh, that was broken at the time that he was or the times that he was and go, 
you know what, he was just a little boy and he didn't know any better and he was doing the best he could. And, and to just let go of the shame that I feel about those childhood experiences that have kind of set me up on a little bit of a path for failure. And so just the ability to go, you know what, little guy that was me, you're an all right dude. And um, just have some space for that compassion for yourself. John, I want to say it's, uh, I, I really appreciate you. And it's kind of fun for me because I don't see you that often. So I get the, I get the privilege of kind of from the outside, all of a sudden I, I run into you and it's like, holy cow, like so much growth, so, so much progress. And maybe you don't see that because day in and day out, you know, you're just in the grind of it. But when you take an outside look, it's like, wow. You're, you're very different from the, the first day that I met you. Um, it's like Tyler's daughter. I haven't seen her in three months and she's grown like a foot and a half. Um, <laughs> um, but Tyler's like, what do you mean? Like, and I'm like, no, she's grown a foot and a half. Um, it's you, you, that, that's what I'm seeing in you, John. So keep it up. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, you, you are also a warrior for, for truth and good. So, so keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I'm going to try. John, thanks for coming on. Um, for those of you listening, if this made a difference for you, please share it with those you might also think might make a difference for them. And we look forward to seeing some of you at the retreat. All right. We'll see you guys later.